welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. My name is Amber Kluwer, and I enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. Before we dive into this episode, I have a few quick announcements. Number one, the Diabetes Daily Grind is a nonprofit charitable organization. Funds raised help keep the podcast, website, and advocacy efforts afloat. It's easy. Just click the donate link on my website or purchase a copy of Doing Diabetes Differently. Number two, and this is a big one for me. I've lived with type 1 diabetes for decades and never considered an insulin pump until meeting a few behind the scenes passionate Insulet leaders. And in case you didn't know, Insulet is the maker of the Omnipod tubeless insulin delivery systems. I tiptoed into using a CGM ages ago, and my diabetes management has never been better. So when I discovered Omnipod 5, I was sold. <laughs> I'm in the process of insurance approval and can't wait to share that I finally moved from MDI therapy to being a potter. This is a totally new experience for me, and as you know, I'm not shy and will share my thoughts with the world. Why did I choose Omnipod over the other options, you ask? It was simple. It's tubeless and waterproof. It integrates the Dexcom G6 to automatically adjust insulin based on the CGM value to help keep you in range. And the automatic insulin adjustments happen every five minutes, even when you're sleeping. Thank you for that. I can't wait to try Omnipod 5. And who knows, I might change my tagline from cheers to the highs and lows to there's nothing like being in range. Stay tuned. If you'd like to try Omnipod 5 yourself, you may be eligible for a trial. For eligibility, free trial terms and conditions, and full safety information, visit omnipod.com backslash DDG. All right, enough rambling. Let's get started. Today's guest, Farhane Armadi, is the founder and CEO of Eddie, the latest diabetes app on the market. She did her PhD in biochemistry at Cambridge, her master's in immunology at Oxford, and was getting her MBA at Harvard while founding this app. She volunteers at many healthcare organizations and enjoys long walks, good coffee, and skimming through biz books. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I got to say right off the bat, we connected, good not, I mean, in April of this year, where I learned about what you guys were doing, and we'll really dive into that here in a second. And I was thrilled to know that you're going to be officing out of Oklahoma. Is that correct? Yes, we have our operations based out of Oklahoma. Our team is very remote and we live all over the place. I live in New York. My co-founder Alonso lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our CTO is in DC. We have a couple of employees in Canada, but Oklahoma is a very important state for us. That is where we are launching our product and piloting there. And we have received a lot of support, enthusiasm and feedback from the T1D community in Oklahoma. And that is why we are very proud to be launching our product there. Well, and we are so excited to have you all here. And the excitement with what Oklahoma is doing right now is a whole other podcast. But I start most of the podcast with your diagnosis stories. So let's talk about when you were diagnosed and what that looked like. Yes. So I was uh, diagnosed a very, very long time ago. And I was actually on holiday in Chicago with one of my friends and was having a great time in obviously I wasn't feeling 100% because the symptoms had started to, to show. And on my way back to London on the plane, I kept asking for water, which is one of the obviously main symptoms. And the flight attendant came to me 
And she told me, this is the 15th bottle of water that you asked me for on this flight. And it was at that moment that it really hit me that, oh my goodness, something must be wrong here. So I, I landed in London. I took the train back to Cambridge where I lived and it was the first year of my PhD. And I dropped off my suitcase and went straight to the Addenbrooke's Hospital ER. Uh, They did a simple finger prick and they saw that my blood glucose was extraordinarily high and I was put on on insulin straight away. And that is how it all started. How old were you? I was 22 years old. 22. So you're you're old enough to know this is a a big deal. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Okay. So you immediately get put on insulin. I'm always really curious about these things and like, okay, so you started, what type of insulin did you start on? I started on a Novolog or what is called Novorapid back yeah. in the UK and, and Levimir, I believe. Okay. So, okay. And now shifting years, you're, how long have you had diabetes? For over 10 years now. So over 10 years, you're a baby. This is nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because everybody's regimen is different. And especially because you're in the UK, like, are you on an insulin pump? Do you use a CGM? What gear do you use? I use a CGM, yes. Um, And I was put on it a few years after uh, my diagnosis. But insulin pumps, I go on and off them. I don't, as a person, I prefer not to be on them. Yeah. Um, It's one too many devices on my body. And it's that physical aspect of it that is a little hard for me to manage and, and to accept. I think that's a very common, and we don't talk about it enough, as someone who's never been on an insulin pump and I'm in the process, it took me forever to decide to do the CGM. I mean, it was ridiculous that I had to tiptoe into that. It's ridiculous because I've had it for way too long. Okay, so a lot of people living with type 1 diabetes, we see this all over social media. I prefer a low-carb diet just because it's easier for me to manage my diabetes. Do you have any... I'm not going to say dietary restrictions, but choices that you make that help you manage your diabetes better, especially on MDI therapy. No, I eat everything. I have a very normal diet. I try to squeeze in exercise as much as I can, even if it's for 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day, even if it's like a walk or something very simple. But I do not restrict myself when it comes to my diet. I enjoy food. I enjoy eating out and I manage my insulin intake accordingly. Well, and that's how we should all live. I mean, I think that, yeah, I love that about you. And here's one question when you say, I mean, like when we were in the intro about you enjoying good coffee, you know, it's a hit or miss with me on coffee. Does it affect your blood sugar? Yes. So I take my coffee with oat milk and it absolutely affects my blood sugar. I take around three units of fast acting to have my coffee. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good to know. (laughs) Okay. So let's jump into this. We're here about Eddie. Why is it called Eddie? Good question. So I started working on Eddie and had the idea in business school. And back then it was only me working on the idea. You know, it was a, it was very early stage. And the original idea of Eddie came from a character that would live inside of your app, of your CGM app and be your health buddy. And the reason that I really wanted to have a character is because living with diabetes is a very lonely journey. Mm-hmm. There are tons of people around you, but no one really understands what it's like when you go on a continuous high or when you hit a low. And while everyone tries to be supportive, it's only you managing it at the end of the day. 
So I wanted us to have a character that responded to the real-time glucose data. And there was a software that created characters um, for you. And it had a few pre-made characters. Back in the day, like we had very little money. There was not much budget to hire a designer or an animator. And so I chose a little boy in that software and his name was Eddie. And we launched the first MVP of Eddie with that little boy. And then down the line, we called the company Eddie after, after that character. I love that. And, you know, just out of curiosity, because I know your team is continuing to grow. And obviously with the announcements that'll be coming up shortly, it'll continue to grow exponentially. And I'm just curious, how many people that you know of currently live with diabetes on your team? Right now, we have a designer who lives with T1D, who we will be starting working with and myself. No one else lives with T1D. However, one of our members lives with glycemic impairment. So they understand and they wear a CGM as well. So they are actually way more diet conscious than I am. And we only recently hired our first pediatric endocrinologist, uh, a Harvard and MGH trained endocrinologist who will be the first person who will provide care on our platform. And so we're expanding that team. And we think that a mix of T1Ds and non-T1Ds is actually a strength. Sometimes you're too close to the problem and we want perspectives from a whole range of, you know, people who are into games. Our product manager, Bakul, actually joined us from a mental health startup. So that is something we're totally focused on as well. And we want to offer that support through it. Are you a gamer? I am a gamer. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that I helps actually play games. I play games because it relaxes me, especially when I have big thoughts and big decisions to make. Playing games actually allow me to think about it while also doing something else. There's a game that I play every day just for a little bit, but it's challenging in my mind, but also takes my mind off things. So I totally understand that. And I don't abuse it. I'd like to believe I don't abuse it. But so tell me what Eddie offers. I mean, I know it's about humanizing the diabetes experience and having a buddy. Talk to me about what kind of games, what can we expect? Absolutely. So we offer, we offer three main things to our users. We want our users to have a fun and enjoyable experience while managing their diabetes. We want to educate them about diabetes, especially if they're newly diagnosed and especially the children, mm-hmm. um, to help them to understand things in a very absorbable and, and child-friendly way. And we also want to offer support. And by support, we mean professional support. If you want to speak to a pediatric endocrinologist and nurse practitioner, if your child is going through a continuous high and it's midnight and you'd like to message someone, that we would like to have someone available for you to speak to. In addition to mental health, we are working on building AI into our software that would recognize how the user is feeling and link that to their blood glucose and know whether it's because of their blood sugar or likely not and offer the right type of support or the right type of triage for them. That's so needed. It's it's incredible. So right now you guys are working the CGM that currently works with the app is the Dexcom G6 and G7, correct? Correct. And are you in the works? Can you talk anything about maybe the Abbott Freestyle Libre or Eversense? 
We are tirelessly working on <laughs> communicating with the other CGMs and insulin pump and other devices on the market to integrate as many devices as possible with Edium. Okay, so you're a business-driven person, and I appreciate and applaud that. And I know in the diabetes space, working in it for as long as you've had diabetes, the relationships that you build, especially with the tech companies, take a long time. So how did you and your team start that conversation? It happened very naturally. Um, I was at a conference. There was a dinner going on somewhere, um, and someone from Dexcom was sitting next to me, and we had a chat. I believe it was from their data team, and they were just about to build out their API for third parties, and that's where, where it all started. It was around three years ago now, or more, and we started our communications, and Eddie was very different back then, mm -hmm. but we also made a lot of pivots and changes within Eddie to make it compatible with Dexcom and down the line with other devices that we will integrate with. And that's how it all started. It was very, very unexpected. And, um, and at the same time, I'm very glad that that happened and, and we are where we are now. I love that. And these relationships take time. So for all the people listening, and I've preached this for ages, we don't get to see how things develop, but it's taken you all years to get to where you are today and the announcements and things like that. So it's just so thank you for staying diligent with this because it takes a lot. It takes a lot of energy. One of the questions, I'm going to steer off for just a second. So there's two questions, three questions, excuse me. When you received your diagnosis, do you feel like you received proper education about what life with diabetes would be like? I believe I did. I was diagnosed in Cambridge, UK, and I was very lucky that I ended up being taken care of by world-renowned researchers in type 1 diabetes who also right. practiced at Adam Brooks. And that I was a scientist myself. So they would come to me and the team would be like, do you know what proteins are? And I'd be like, yes, I, I'm doing my PhD in biochemistry. So I think I know what proteins are. And then I was very lucky that there is a program called Daphne offered by the NHS. I'm not sure whether it still exists in the same form and what its equivalent is. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to take a week off work. Oh. and go out with a group of type 1, other T1Ds and a nutritionist and a nurse practitioner and to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. Oh, wow. While all of you check your blood glucose, take insulin, check mm -hmm. two hours later. Back then, we didn't, none of us wore CGMs yet. And uh, we had this really, I remember I left the hospital with this really sick booklet of all the carbs and, <laughs> and, and the carb count for it and, and how to calculate ratios and everything. So I went through all of that. But regardless of that, though, obviously, it's a very hard condition to manage. I went through an extended honeymoon period that never seemed to end. Sure. I was just walking down the street and having juice and ice cream and everyone thought, you know, how bad my diet was, but I was just going on so many lows that I couldn't yeah. control after my diagnosis. And, and that period passed in, I believe I have much better control now. But generally, I think the NHS back in the day did a pretty good job of offering education uh, with what was available back then. Well, and it's kind of like a loaded question for you because you're in the space professionally, but also with your academic career and things like that. So you probably are on top of 
new diabetes management, especially with everything that's coming out. And so that's a bonus to say the least. Okay. With Eddie, does it help you with carb counting? Uh, yes. We educate children about carb counting and we are building in algorithms that will help you adjust your ratios if needed. And so the app, and I don't know how to word this because I don't know the correct terminology, but the app is customized to you and your blood sugars, correct? Yes. Over time, Eddie becomes smarter. Okay. In the beginning, it will get to know you for, for quite some time. It will become smarter over time and our algorithm and AI will become stronger as well. And a lot of these features we are also working on. So not everything is launched in our current app that is on the app store, but our chatbot will launch very soon, our virtual care, our new algorithms, and we will announce those launches to the market as and when we release them. Okay. And so with the character that you build, can you compete? I don't like the word compete. Communicate with other people that are using the app? You can definitely have followers and guardians, and they can set challenges for you. Like, Amber, if you tell me uh, how much insulin you take at lunchtime today or every day this week, then we can, like, do this thing together over the weekend. And we are working on the community and social aspect of it, particularly when it comes to the games and people being able to play with one another. Give me an example. Like I said, I like the games, and I'm not going to tell anybody what I really like to play, but... Give me an example of one of the games that somebody could accept. Absolutely. So the games that we have in there are very simple mini games. They are games that most of our users have probably seen one form of it or or another on the market. It's the Candy Crush game, the Snake game, Rock, Paper, Scissors. We have an upcoming game where you can slice fruits and like it'll tell you the carb count for it. Uh, We have quizzes on there where you can earn hearts. Most of it is not diabetes related because we think that, you know, as, as T1Ds, we get sick of just being reminded yeah. of do this and don't do that and talking about T1D. But they're very fun games to play and, and we are continuing to extend our library so that ultimately we have hundreds of games on there. Yeah. So you can play whichever game that you like. Okay, so this app. We'll be announcing this here in just a second. But what is it free to use? What are what are the cost of this? We will offer one month free for all of our users. Then it will be six dollars per month, and there will be additional cost if uh, families would like to subscribe to the virtual care, sure. so that they would have access to the to the appointments with the doctors and the nurse practitioners. You know, I'm just curious, and this is not I don't again I don't know how to word this with that level of the app. Is there federal regulations? I mean, you have to have, obviously, accredited doctors, endocrinologists, CDEs, people that are participating. Are they on staff or are they, I mean, how does that work? I mean, that's a very good question. And of course, it's not a simple process because they have to be licensed professionals within each state that we move to. And in addition, we are always looking for the best quality of staff. So that is another hurdle. And pediatric endocrinologists, especially, they are very scarce. Yeah. And so they're not that easy to come across. Like the state of Oklahoma has 13 licensed pediatric endocrinologists with only nine practicing, covering a population of over 2,000. So what we are doing is that we are 
looking nationwide for pediatric endocrinologists of high quality, helping them with licensing in the different states and covering that cost for them and bringing them to our platform. They understand there is a need for it as well. So it's basically bringing the talent that's available nationwide and, and offering it to the, to the states that need it the most. That's great. Okay. I have a personal, a couple of personal questions. Do you feel your low blood sugars? I do now. I would have said no six months ago. Really? Um, I am particularly prone to hypo unawareness. Okay. Um, I have ended up in the ER a few times only because I just recognized that I was on a low a little too late. I just didn't have time to react to it. So I went through a period of adjustment where I kept my blood sugar high for a for a longer periods of time to regain that that sensation. I totally understand that. And okay, because you're an adult, at what point do you start to feel a low? 90, 70, 50? Right now, I would say around the 80, 70, 70 okay. to 80 mark. And um, yes, I'm the same with that. And it's crazy from, this is not a negative, but just a comment. Like a lot of people try to keep their blood sugar around 80. And I'm like, how do you function? <laughs> I mean, you can retrain your body, but your mind is like, what is going on? Fight or flight. So yeah, it's, it's here's another random question. And because you are older getting diagnosed in all of your academic career, and I say this because I received... Oh, I'm not going to go into all that, but there are things now that people going into college can have, uh, what is it? The 504 plan or things like that, that don't, at 507, something. So a person living with a disability that might prevent them from having, oh, if they had a low blood sugar, they wouldn't be on their best performance in a test situation. Did you apply for any of that? I don't know what the words are. Pardon that to the audience, but did you? Yeah. I did apply for it when I was sitting a couple of examinations. Because I know a lot of the things that you do, I'm sure the examinations were lengthy. Yes, absolutely. I did apply for it. And uh, in one of them, it was absolutely necessary because especially when you were focused and you were and you were thinking really hard, that's where I've noticed that I am particularly susceptible to low glucose. Oh. It's like your brain just expends so much energy that you're more prone to going on a low. I did apply for it and it was no issues there. And in terms of my professionally though when i was working there wasn't any clear cut you know like a protocol a protocol that i yeah. could apply for so especially when i was working as a consultant and you change projects quite often and you travel a lot it was every new theme i was working with i would pull aside the manager and be like look um, you know <laughs> i i do carry all this all these sweets with me and i am on insulin and I might need to take breaks in just so you're aware yeah. um, of the situation. So that's something that I, I did all the time. You know, I've said this in a, pre- a podcast ages ago, but I was an associate director for a wellness center and I was having to present to the board of directors. It was a lot of stress and I'll never forget going into that. And my blood sugar was like 65. And so I downed some orange juice before I walked in and I, I was supposed to be the second person on the agenda item. And that's a big deal, especially as whatever. <laughs> Just, I was not my best. And so I started with saying, I just want to say that my blood sugar has been a little bit low. I've treated it, but if I could please be moved down on the agenda item, just give me 15 minutes and I'll have my wits about me. And everybody was so like, absolutely. And somebody came up to me afterwards and said, I have type two diabetes. And so I think it's one of those levels of, I applaud you for communicating. 
in those scenarios, because I think that's very difficult at times to kind of call yourself out there. Absolutely. Because also you don't want to seem like the person who's making excuses all the time. And, you know, I don't want to seem like one, like the person who's running away from work or wants to leave the meeting (laughs) to go, you know, get a juice or or get a snack. So it's, it's good to communicate so that they have that background. And in case something even more serious happens, that they have an idea of what to do. Well, I love that. Is there anything else you want to say right now about the Eddie app before we get into any announcements? About the Eddie app, obviously, we are very excited about our launch in Oklahoma. We are announcing tomorrow, but it is available on the App Store and Google Play already. And we'd like to invite all the families in Oklahoma to go ahead and download them. And if you're into games and an adult, we also invite you to, to download and use Eddie. And finally, I would really like to thank all the families who have worked with us and the communities in Oklahoma who have given us feedback on the app, who have told us about the features that they're looking for. And we really hope that that support and communication continues down the line. Well, and we're so thankful to have you all here. And I want to say too, the app is predominantly geared for people under the age of 17, correct? Yes. However, half of our wait list right now is adults. Well, I'm glad um, I'm and we get a yeah. lot of we get a lot of traction from adults who are like, "I'm 35. Am I considered <laughs> pediatric? Can I use this?" Or I'm 65, and we're like, "Look, we've designed it for the pediatric market." However, if you'd like to download it and use it, you are more than welcome. And maybe down the line, we will create a more suitable version Adult for adults version. too. Yes, and we're looking forward to hearing everyone's feedback. Well, and there's so much on the horizon. There's so much opportunity for growth now that you guys are finally getting to the market. If people wanted to give you input, what's the best way to contact your team? We have a contact form on the app or simply email info at eddiehealth.com. We have that email on our press release and I'm happy to share it after the podcast as well. Email us anytime. We check that email daily and we will respond to you as soon as possible. Well, and all this information along with all the links to everything will be in the show notes. So be sure to to check that out. Well, I really appreciate you taking time. And I have to say to the audience, even though Eddie Health is based out of Oklahoma, we've never met in person, but that day is coming. Yes. See you in Oklahoma next. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, thank you very much again for having me on this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. Just to get it all in. As I wrap up, I want to remind you that I'm here for my diabetes and the medical community. So feel free to contact me at diabetesdailygrind.com. Your continued support and love help keep the episodes coming. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. Yes, I'm.